This is my journey from Epilepsy Tasmania. Real stories from people with lived experience of epilepsy and the experts trying to make their lives better. My name's Hannah and I'm a second year medical student at UTAS. You're doing medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you kind of buried the lead there yep. a little bit. <laughs> so you're doing very well. Well, you oh, did very trying well. Trying to, at yes. So, what year are you? I'm going to second year on Monday. Congratulations. Thank you. So, you've passed, you got through first year. Got through year. first year, yeah. Isn't that what, that's when most people drop out, isn't it? We've had, I think, 16 repeating this year, so <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> I did well, I think. Yeah. But second year's the killer, so we'll see how okay. it goes. So, we have spoken about you. Yes, we have. In the last episode of My Journey, we spoke to Jenny, who's Hannah's mum. Hannah falls into this grey area when it comes to epilepsy. She has regular, uncontrollable convulsions, which leave her exhausted. And it sounds like she's affected by epilepsy. But according to doctors, she's not. But if it's not epilepsy, what is it? Well, they don't know that either. Without that diagnosis, she can't be prescribed medication. So her condition, which might or might not be related to epilepsy, can't be controlled. It was a couple of years ago that I started... Um, having, you know, small body twitches, muscular twitches. And then over a a time, they became these big full body kind of convulsive movements. And over time, they've just gotten a lot worse and they've developed and changed. And it's affected a lot of different things in my life in terms of study and work, you know, being in public, um, being at school. I had to take a few weeks off school in college because they didn't want me there whilst I was having these episodes. Um, And it's definitely been very frustrating and it's got me quite down in the dumps sometimes, just not being able to get a diagnosis. And so what is it that makes what you're experiencing not a seizure, according to the the people who you're asking? (laughs) Um, I think the fact that I don't lose consciousness. So um, I don't lose consciousness, but beforehand I know it's coming because I get extremely sad. I get kind of like an aura almost. Um, but because it's not doesn't tick the normal tonic-clonic loss of consciousness seizure things, um, it just kind of gets brushed aside. Yeah. So, there's, but there's lots of options. There for is for seizure. Mm. As a med student, is it something mm. you've looked into? Much? I've done a lot of my own kind of personal research, and it is something that I'm interested about. And you know, Shirley and I have spoken about, and um, you know, we're taught that you know there are a lot of different types, and you can never just cross it off the list because it doesn't present textbook. It's the number one thing to not do is just, you know, ignore it because it's not a textbook presentation. So that's okay. very frustrating. So mm. it seems like there's something missing in yeah. the system. Yes, definitely. If you were to give yourself a diagnosis, what, mm-hmm. would, you, what would it be? Um, there's we probably lots can't of, use this. There's, lo- there's lots of different things. Um, it could be, um, you know, some kind of myoclonus would make sense, um, a neuromuscular um kind of condition that's not necessarily mediated by the brain but is involves the brain because there's no findings on EEG. Although the fact that I get the kind of aura beforehand might indicate that it's a higher brain centre kind of problem. Um, But as for getting anyone to look at any of that, no luck. So how's this affecting your life now, given that you're in a very high pressure situation? You're Um, you're working mm part-time and you're studying in... One of the most demanding courses. Yes, that you definitely. Do. Um, it does impact a lot, and it impacts a lot of what I have to consider doing. You know, if I'm holidaying or I'm going to a seminar or I'm going to uni, 
I need to always be aware that they could happen and there are situations where they happen more often, stress, flashing lights, if it gets really hot or anything like that. Um, so that does make it a lot difficult and I've always got to be aware that they could happen. Is it causing you anxiety and some other definitely issues like that? Definitely. Like they, the when they first started, the fear of going outside of the house was major. Um, it's not so much now because I've learned to deal with it um, and I get an indication of when they're coming and I can go to a safe place. But given the choice, I'd prefer to stay at home if I'm feeling like quite vulnerable to them at that point. If I'm sick, I just want to stay home where I know I can have them in a safe environment. How's it affecting your family? Um, I think it's very difficult. There's, you know, a lot of other health issues in our house as well. Um, and so I think this one thing that we don't have an answer to, we don't necessarily have an action plan for, and we don't really know how to control is quite hard because there's not a concrete way that we can deal with it. Um, and, you know, they can happen any time of the day. I'll wake up and ring mum and be like, I need you to come down to my room because I'm about to have one. Um, and then afterwards I'm extremely tired, fall asleep, can't do anything. So it has interrupted our plans as a family a lot and holidays and all that kind of thing. It does sound a lot like <laughs> a lot of other people's experience of a seizure. It does. It definitely does. Yeah. And I've, I've spoken to a lot of people mm-hmm. about exactly how it feels. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't understand why we can't get it looked into more. And, you know, just because it's not a textbook presentation doesn't mean it's not something that needs to be looked at. Is there, is it a comfort to know that your mum's been trained now in, in, epilepsy first aid for sure like um i mean obviously i trust my mum a lot but knowing that there's some specific training about what to do and how to respond if they do get worse or i do lose consciousness definitely you know she's my go-to person when they're happening and you you have a little brother i do have a little brother and an older brother yeah okay and how does it affect them um i think it's probably scares them a lot um they don't have to deal with it quite so much but there have been times where you know, I've been sitting and playing with my little brother and I've had to say, I need you to get mum, I'm about to have one. Um, and that's a lot for a nine-year-old to deal with who's already dealing with a lot of problems himself. If mum's not around, mm-hmm. what do you do? Um, I usually just deal with it by myself. Quite often I will send her a text to say it's happening in case that I don't wake up. Um, she knows that there has been a time period that I've been, you know, not responsive or, or whatever. Um yeah, and sometimes if no one's there, I will have triple zero dialed on my phone just in case I get to a point where I don't think it's okay. And if I feel like I'm going to lose consciousness, then I've got that there to kind of quickly respond. But it is quite scary when I'm by myself. So how, how do you feel uh, about the future? I mean, you've got a lot going for you, but then you've so. got this big uncertainty as well. Yeah, it definitely is very difficult because... Um, you know, I talk to people at uni, I'm like, oh, this is what's going on for me. And they say, well, why are you doing medicine? It's high stress and whatever. And to me, whilst it could impact it, medicine is always what I've wanted to do. So it's going to have to be this epilepsy or whatever it is needs to work around my life and not me around it is what I really need to focus on and make it work because I don't want it to interrupt my life. So what's one thing that people who have no exposure to epilepsy mm-hmm. should know about these kinds of things um i think personally you know i think a lot of people feel like it impacts their life like they have a friend who has seizures and oh we've always got to be careful about such and such but maybe just having a thought about how frustrating it is for my individual life that i have to think about it everywhere i go and whilst it might interrupt other people's lives you might have to give first aid um maybe just thinking about that you know it's not like i make it happen it's not like i want it to happen maybe just having some empathy 
My Journey's been released for Purple Month 2020, which runs for the month of March. It's a worldwide grassroots campaign aimed at getting people talking about epilepsy, which is what we're doing right now. And by talking about it, we hope to reduce the stigma and help those who are affected by epilepsy to live full and happy lives. To find out more, go to epilepsytasmania.org.au. This series is an Icon Media production for Epilepsy Tasmania. It's produced, directed and edited by Sam Icon. That's me. Sound design is from Nicholas Store. Music from Breakmaster Cylinder and Chelsea McGough. And a special thanks to Hannah for her story in this episode.